I am unashamed. What about you? Well, this is the uh, last podcast of the year. Is it? It is. The last one that will air this year, Um, which is... So I I guess this is one of those reflective... You should look back on the... What what was the highlight of 2021? Because it's... For us, this will be it. Merry Christmas, by the way, to all the listeners out there. Hmm. I'm reaching the age in my life where my reflection only goes back to the morning hunt. <laughs> Put me on the anytime, spot here. Anytime I go past 12 hours with Jay, some reflections, that's, I'm not going to get too far. It's kind of like what this morning, you know, we've been in the split and we haven't supposedly been anywhere near this little lake that we hunted this morning in 17 days. Yeah. Well, they know supposedly about it. <laughs> we have not been around that. Well, <laughs> there were some rumors that someone maybe disturbed the ducks in the scouting and all that. So, But I, I did an interrogation. <laughs> Phil said, hey, it wasn't me. <laughs> So uh, <laughs> when, you, when your diapers were just in, there was yelling in your diapers. You was about that age. I was chasing ducks, so I'm way ahead of you there, the horse. Okay. <laughs> and James, what, my question to you is, what what were you eating to put yellow in the diapers? That sounds like a bad diet. Probably I whatever you, I'm I could say. He was a young boy, and I was at the peak of the duck killing at that point. <laughs> So this is James was having a steady diet of corn and mustard, I guess. Did you scare him? You, you didn't scare him, did you? I said, well, no. I we didn't all scare him. thought that the ducks were going to be there. It was our best hole in the first split. We showed up today, yeah. but it was kind of like a ghost town. Oh, boy. So then Jay, he's the so one that brought the, up. So the, then the blame game starts. Well, he huh? brought up the accusation. Oh, he yeah. said, well, the only thing I can think of is feeling them, been up here scouting and run them off. Huh. So, uh, Boy, it's pretty bad, Dad. You get you're at the age now where they'll just you get thrown under the bus. It's They're just young. Well, the argument ensued, and so then everybody was talking about we were in the wrong spot. We need more decoys, and uh, and people kind of started arguing, but chuckling along the way. And then it, so it was got more in jest, is what to get back to my reflective moment. We actually said, you know, we used to be worried about how many decoys we got, how much brush is on the blind. But now we're mainly looking at topics of having wheelchair access to the blinds. <laughs> we Today we discovered that because it was slippery, the, yeah. there was no chance of rain, and it started raining. And the boards were slippery because it's real muddy. Yep. So we're like, we need Rain astro- mixed with a little sleet. Yeah, no, it was cold this morning. We need AstroTurf on the floor. Yep. So you don't fall. Mom has that all outside her house now. And so I said, hey, well, while you're at it, go ahead and put oxygen tanks in every blind. <laughs> so that was... Oh, boy. <laughs> so, so basically, we're turning the duck blinds into a geriatric center is what yeah. we're talking about. So the people in the blind, my point is, me included. Which I'm I, not against that because I'm not getting any younger myself. I'm the young buck of this outfit. Phil kept calling me and Jay young bucks, but we're... You know, I can't remember a whole lot. This this year was a blur. Yeah. So, uh, well, I would say if since I, I would if I were speaking for you, since you can't remember, the the correct answer is probably finding out you were going to be a grandfather. Finding out. That was okay, a, that was a highlight. Yeah. Since yeah. Missy will probably be listening to this, we better highlight that. that when 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 young bucks are called 
young bucks, you don't think of in terms of them being grandfathers. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, My point exactly. And, and Dad, you this year, so when Jason and uh, you know and Missy and then Phyllis, their oldest son is having a child. So all of your children except for Jepico will be grandfathers. Yep. You know into next year. So that's this pretty one, amazing. This one came along and, and what, uh, he was marked at an early age, but he didn't realize it. But, uh, Cy pulled up on the bank of red river. And I was out in the middle of the river baiting a trot line. He said, he said, Hey, he said, Miss Kate's having that baby. I said, what do you want me to do about it? I can't help her out. That's that's between her and the doctor or whatever. And he said, well, what do you want to name him? She wants to know what you want to name him. I said, name him after you. Oh, so his not. name to this day is Jason Silas well, Robertson. That's yeah, how he got the name. I just realized you were talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> that's how Jace that's, got here. That's pretty bad when it was two minutes into that conversation. But knowing what you know now, when he said, Miss Kay's having that baby, that's when you said, if you had known what you know now, you said, whatever you do, don't screw this up. <laughs> <laughs> Life changing. Oh, si, I told him to name him after you. And so si, speaking of him, I said, name him after you, you know, Jason Silas. Well, so and, and he hollered, yay. I'll give <laughs> you a reflection. Well, look. the irony is that Jay's named his oldest son, Reed Silas. So the legacy continues on. I'll Silas. show you another thing. Silas lives on. Silas of age. On. This is the first year that I remember I've gone through the whole year. And to my knowledge, I don't believe Sai and I have had one argument. Really? No. All of a sudden, he's... Is it because he lacks the oxygen now to really just to get into the full banter? That my mind. Both <laughs> of them are beginning to mellow. But I thought, you know how Sai, he hears, he gets in a habit of hearing the the argument, then he picks a side. But he, he usually always picks Phil's side. But this year I've noticed he, I, I must be at the right age now. He's joining my team. Oh, oh so he'll he'll side with you now sometimes. Yeah, he likes to kind of Because for years on. it was always, yeah. he was going to be on the other side. He actually what, what sat Jace beside is trying me to today. say is, deep within the bowels of his mind, <laughs> he's trying to say that, I think I'm mellowing, and so is Sai. They yeah. begin to mellow. I think that's it. You just get tired of fighting, I guess. Or you start arguing, it's just in jest. Like it well, was arguing there. was, I thought it was fun. Mm -hmm. So so our next uh, podcast will drop in 2022, which will be January 7th. This one is, is before Christmas. Uh, I did want to mention, Dad, that we have the in, in my formerly nicotine-stained hands, this is the... Uh, copy uh it's a it's not the official copy it's they call it advanced reader of your new book uncanceled hey. which is exciting uh you can go to a uh, talkshoplive.com to get to uh, sign up to get a uh, pre-copy that's going to be signed so be sure and check that out uh that'll be coming out in february which is going to be exciting then mom and lisa have a new book coming out next year too so we got a lot of good stuff happening into 2022 all right you got any wild predictions of Next year? Man, 2022 predictions. It's an election cycle, so that'll be interesting. Who's uh, running? Well, all the, you know, all the House of Representatives and then half the Senate, so there'll be a lot of political talk. Cause, but, yeah, I guess these days it's political talk year, right? I mean, even in off-year elections. So that'll be next year. It could be interesting. A lot of people are predicting a red wave, they're calling it. They think the 
Republicans are going to make a charge, so we'll see how that fans itself out. I think inflation will probably keep going. It's, it hasn't been too good. If you haven't noticed, it's uh, everything's a little bit higher these days. Well, maybe we ought to just keep sharing Jesus. And... <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, that's where I am. Yeah. I'm just preaching the gospel, the good news of Jesus, and the, pol- the political part of it. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't think it's a that has political been, fix. We that has to, been the purpose of Unashamed. We went to one. a Christmas, in quotation, service yesterday. It was just awesome. So I'm like, and and, and the sing they sang uh, Christmas songs, you know, but Jesus themed. Yeah. But the sermon, you know, we read in Luke two. I mean, talking about Jesus becoming a baby. I mean, here's God in flesh. God is with us. But then it was just a thirty minute sermon on the grace of God. Mm. I mean, wow! That John one, Jesus came full of grace. Yep. And truth. Yep. Is also I was I was moved and I was inspired. I thought this is what I'm going to do next year. <laughs> That's right. right here, buddy. And it really is. I mean, you know, it's a uh, with this time of year. You you think about the birth of Christ, which you should, and billions of people are celebrating it around the world, which is exciting to me. And which is pretty uh, uh, enlightening in that uh, there's all this confusion about Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection, and going back to be seated at the right hand of God to mediate for us, sin problem solve, grave problem solve. It's amazing that worldwide there's some kind of celebration by most countries yep. of Jesus becoming flesh. That's right. Any way you want to slice it. This is exactly right. Anywhere you go. Anywhere, anywhere you go. You know what's weird, though, is people only take they have you can you have pictures of Jesus when he's a baby. Just think about it, mangers. And, yep. Then you have him as a thirty-year-old man. Yep. Nothing in between. That's Nothing. Right. What happened? <laughs> it was a. Well, here's what happened. It was a. I believe a purposeful void. In other words, for some reason, God didn't want us to know because we only get one little small reference when he was twelve years old. That's right. When he's in the temple. Yeah. And that's it. So, I guess nobody wants to be the first guy to say, you know what, I'm going to try when he was 15. Here's, here's very little, very little written about the the, the boy. Jesus. Well, think about from Jason's right from 12 to 30. You know, you think about your own lives, us sitting here at this table, especially you, Dad. A lot changed from 12 to 30. That's correct. <laughs> but but Jesus was just, I guess, working for his family. When you have the one scene where he was hanging out at the temple because you wonder how he, how he he wasn't like he was from a place and that, that was unbeknowing that to were, his parents that were educating you know it's, it wasn't like we think here you go to school or whatever but it was it was a place where most of the people around there were uneducated right and it was just hard to learn and make a way for when there was no aristocracy about him because he, he his family were in the carpentry bit. I mean, they built things. That's what they did. That's what his his earthly father did. So there was nothing special. You're right. It's about in terms of his upbringing or, you know, it wasn't like he was royalty. Or, but think you know. about a 12-year-old when asked the question, well, what, what are you doing? We've been looking for you. We, we've Well, they were hot. I mean, which I would just, be too. It's slight <laughs> chewing out. And his answer was, uh, I have to be about my father's business. Yeah. Well, you can imagine a 12-year-old kid saying that. You're like, 
I mean, his father's business was the salvation of the world. Right. That was his business. You like, and he and he knew that at twelve. Right. Well, think about a twelve-year-old with. Well, he was leading the Bible study. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> I think it makes and everybody. People... <laughs> all the old hands were sitting there thinking, "How in the world did this kid <laughs> learn about all these texts?" Well, again, and in this culture, because they didn't realize uh, he wrote them. <laughs> in this culture, you didn't earn the right to do what he was doing officially until you were thirty years old. That's correct. I mean, you couldn't even be a rabbi to this. That's my point. So that's why he was underestimated, though. Yeah. Because all the teachers of the law and the Pharisees that have all these trap questions. I mean, how many times have we read a paragraph through Matthew? Oh yeah. And they're like trying to set a basis for a trap. I mean, these were highly educated. This is what they do every day. You know, I went to the seminary for two years. All, you you listen to these guys just drone on for hours, <laughs> and then all the classmates <laughs> argued amongst themselves about what he just got through saying. Yeah. And if it got loud enough, then he joined the argument. And that's kind of how you learn. It right. was it was just a intellect on on some kind of enhancement drug. I mean, remember? Yeah. I mean, it was just one argument after another. So they thought it'd be easy with Jesus because he's from the wrong part of town. What are you, a carpenter's son? What do you know? So I'm sure that's why they were always shocked when he gave them an answer that Ooh. they just thought, Plus, where does he, there, uh, there's actually a verse somewhere that says, where does this man get these things? That's right. Uh, let's take a break. So one of the things I think that's consistent with duck season is you have to figure out your sleep patterns to get the right amount of sleep, right? Cause you got to start going to bed early if you're going to be up oh, every yeah. morning, but making that transition, of course you guys are making it back because you have a couple of weeks off, so that if you get up at three forty-five every morning, at some point you'll start going to bed earlier. <laughs> it's just by nature, right? Because you got to have one of the things you want to enjoy with your sleep is a comfortable bed and comfortable sheets. And one of our um, sponsors, Bowl and Branch, makes, in my opinion, uh, the best sheets out there. They're really, really good. So this, uh, there was a husband and wife team that uh, founded this company and have really done a good job in growing it. Everything is is toxin-free, fair trade certified, great product. We want you to check it out. Best deals of the year going right now from through 1223 with the promo code Robertson when you go to bowlandbranch.com. That's B-O-L-L and branch.com. Use the promo code Robertson. Exclusions may apply. Check these guys out. But, Jace, one of the things that's interesting, I just thought about it, is one of the reasons why you never hear anything about his youth is that all the people that wrote down the accounts that we get, and again, it was done by the Holy Spirit, but they didn't all meet him until he was 30 years old. So that tells... They didn't know who he was. They didn't know who he was. And that tells me that Jesus... Must not have talked a lot about his upbringing, or we would have, you know, he did, when he used illustrations, he never said, you know, like we do it all the time. Yeah. When I was, you know, when I was 10 years old, I did this, or that time I did that. But his stuff was all just right in the current, you yeah. know, what was going on. So that is kind of interesting. I never really thought about that. And, and I kind of wish he was zoned in at an early age. He was. I kind of wish there was more because I think one of the things that the chosen, we talk about this a lot with the chosen, has done that I love is provide more windows into the humanity of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I think it's the one thing a lot of followers today miss because they're so zeroed in on him as 
Lord and King, which is great. I, I agree with that too. But he did come here. He was a man. John said the yeah. most about him. John 1, verse 14, you mentioned. Then you have 1 John 4. Mm -hmm. And then you have 2 John. And I looked up while I go at 3 John in case I'd missed it. But but it's John, 1 John 4, and then 2 John. Yep. He mentions it. And man, you talk about... He said, you get somebody that doesn't believe God, Jesus is God in flesh, get him out of there. Get away from him. Well, certain in John's lifetime, since he lived longer than all the apostles, he definitely dealt with people that were really into denying Jesus ever was a man. That's it. And so he had to deal with it mo more severely. But, you know, the Hebrew writer in Hebrews 1 and 2 does a pretty good job, too, of yep. establishing yep. that Jesus is one of us. Yeah. You know, that was, but but you're right. You don't get that yeah, much. Which of the angels did, did, did he ever say, you know, that, you know, well, he was called the Son of God? None. Right. That's exactly right. No, that's true. Um, but, you know, when you look at it, so I, I think that really goes in. I love what you said, though, Jace. The message is really about grace. And, I mean, that's what you have to, you know, you have to keep coming back to what he did, why he did it. But celebrating his birth, I think, is. Yeah, one of the uh, one of the things they did in a sermon yesterday, uh, well, Tom Lowe, you've heard him before. Yeah, Tom. I never had noticed that every, almost every book in the New Testament, in the salutation, starts with grace. Yep. And then when you go to the end, it finishes with grace. Correct. Yep. And he went through most of them, right. just off, seemed like off the top of his head. But it's something you kind of take, you don't really, you take it for granted. You don't really think about that, you know, God, he He is full of grace and mercy. Oh. And he talked about it being a compounding grace. And he his illustration was, doing the opposite, how the baggage from your sin weighs you down. And even in the under the old law, you know, that John 1 that we talked about, 14, you know, Moses gave the law. But it, even they they went through all these rituals to because of their sins, but it didn't forgive their sins. It just carried them over to the next yeah. year. Yeah. And, when, and through that, you create the guilt and the baggage of your sins. He made an illustration. He was like, just imagine if your sins, you had to pack them up in suitcases like you were going on a trip. You know, at some point, you're, you've got tens of suitcases, if not hundreds, yeah. that you're trying to haul around. And there's a verse in somewhere in Isaiah, Jace, that says they drag their sin behind them as in carts. And yeah, I think he picture. made mention of that. Yeah. And so, but that was his illustration to show that, but have you ever thought about God's compounding grace? You know, we think about the compounding See, problems, right. but he's like, what about God's compounding grace? It's just, you're not going to out his grace. And then he had that illustration, that point where all the, the verses in every book starts and ends with the grace of God. Yep. Even the last verse in the Bible, Revelation 22, says the grace of God, the great, may God's grace be on God's people. Or, so the it was really bunch, encouraging. The whole group of individuals who live 
during that front time frame, a long time, by the way, 1,500 years, before this faith came, we were held prisoners by the law, locked up until faith and the grace of God be revealed. So the law was put in charge to lead us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. Now the faith has come. We're no longer under the supervision of the law. And I'm saying, yay to that. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying. Woo! Exactly right. Well, and you know, the, the, to me, the significance of John 1 and 1 John 1 is that John does such a good job of tying in the coming of Christ to the earth as a human being, but also back to Genesis 1 as God, because you can see there the he, he goes back and forth the idea that he's both. <clears throat> yeah. Because it, again, if you don't understand that, if you and a lot of people are confused by it in the religious world, they they're yeah. confused. They're like, "Well, is he God or is he man?" The answer is yes. And to me, it's so obvious because when he talks about himself, he talks about the Son of Man, but he talks about the Son of God. It's very evident that he has no problem in both worlds. Yeah, when you're called that instead of he, you know, John said that was which was that uh, that which was from the beginning which we've, let's see, we've heard, which we've seen with our eyes, which we've looked at, and our hands have touched. He, he's outlining every physical thing that you could do. To, he said, we've watched him, and he didn't even know exactly what to call him. That. Right. He's calling him a that. Because he's saying, look, look, he's way... No one like him. No. <laughs> so, Jace, that was Isaiah 5.18. Woe to those who draw sin along with cords of deceit and wickedness as with cart ropes. That idea of compounding sin, just to tie yeah. off that thought that we talked about. Well, I like that Romans 9.5. I've read this before. But it says, theirs are the patriarchs, and from them is traced the human ancestry of Christ who is God forever all praised mm -hmm. so when you think about how Matthew and Luke are set up they start off with the genealogy is human history going back in his seed line right but you also I mean Paul just made reference in Romans 9 here's a being that you can trace his human ancestry and he is God over all. I mean, just that sentence itself Whew. is hard for you for us to get our And it also makes it unique to any of the world's religions that have ever been. That's correct. No other world religion is anywhere near this. Yeah. The, the the concept and the thought process. You know. They usually start with they some guy sitting under a tree and Right. You know, you know, well, the, the, from there. it's a prophet or someone that has yep. a prophecy that comes from some other place or the idea of just kind of melding into everything. It's a mysterious, mystical, which people are really drawn to that. Oh, yeah. You know, which I get it. I mean, we talk a lot about creation and we talk about God in infinite space or without space. But at the same time. That's what makes it different is that we he's right here with us. Like the idea of living day by day and having a relationship with God, where so many people, they don't know that. They have no idea. Yeah. But it makes people feel uncomfortable because you don't, like if you say, well, Jesus, you know, he went through puberty, you know. Right. But people don't, eh, that makes them uncomfortable. That's right. And they're like, well, he's, but he was the son of God. Yeah, he was the son of God and he was a human. Yeah. 
When, you, when males get 13 and 14 yeah. or 12, 13, they go through puberty. Yep, yep. Like, we don't want to talk about that. <laughs> you know? That boy starts cracking. It's coming. You know, but, Hebrews and, 2, 14 through 18, uh, he was made like his brothers in every way. So mm-hmm. there wasn't anything lacking other than he, the only thing difference is he never sinned. I mean, that's the only I just difference. think there's a common thread in religious people that we try to figure everything out. Yeah. And if it, it's almost like that's their Christian lifestyle is to try to get it all right where it all makes sense in, in your mind. But you're never going to grasp a being that is God and man 100%. That's right. And because you can't see it from his perspective as as the divine. So it's very hard on your human side to understand. I mean, it's that. just like his grace. You're never going to truly grasp that. And even, you know, the part that we're fixed to be talking about the next couple sessions about Judas, you know, why is he, why is he washing the feet of this fellow that's fixing to betray him. Why is he in the inner circle? Yeah, and, and, why, so he, and why does he call him friend, you know, at the moment of his, his betrayal? And look, which the, I thought was devastating. You know? The theories on why this happened are long. I mean, the religious world, uh, I mean, from everything imaginable. Yeah. I mean, this was actually, he had to have him for God's plan or, you know, Satan in, indwelled him. Or, oh, yeah. Or it was just about the money. I mean, it's just about the money. But, I mean, to me, are we going to get into that? Yeah, let's, do it. let's take a break first. So, Dad, in your new book, Uncanceled, uh, you talk quite a bit about standing up for what you believe in, uh, especially in a culture that doesn't always want to listen to what you have to say, but you still have truth. And that's uh, part of what the Understand Podcast has always been about. One of our sponsors is a company called Patriot Mobile. And they really stand up for what they believe in uh, as well. They've been uh, de- defending liberty and religious freedom since 2012. They're the only Christian conservative wireless provider. So if that matters to you, you want to connect with these guys. They fit any budget. They have a 100% U.S.-based customer support team that provides excellent customer support. They share your values. They fight for religious freedom, sanctity of life. They also are great for uh, veterans and first responders. So, you want to check these guys out, go to patriotmobile.com slash Phil, or you can call them at 972-PATRIOT. You get free activation with the offer code Phil. It's always special discounts for veterans and first responders. So check them out, patriotmobile.com slash Phil, or call them at 972-PATRIOT. What I think it is, based on everything I read, it's no different than the garden. I, I really believe that Judas didn't think God's plan was as good as his. Yeah. I mean, and it goes back to the same same thing in the garden. I, I mean, whether it was that he was trying to just kind of prompt this thing into, because the disciples all struggled with this from a spiritual perspective. Mm-hmm. It was all about this physical kingdom. We're going to take over. We're going to be... Control, because one of the theories is that, you know, Judas was just doing this to force Jesus to whoop the Roman Empire. Yeah, I hand him over, but he's he's already said he's going to be king. Or so, but I think there's some of that in there that that the fact that you would betray, betray the Son of God slash Son of Man, you got to think pretty highly of yourself. Yeah. 
I mean, you have no fear of the consequences Whew. of that. So that's why I said I think it just goes back to well, the same same thing in the garden. He he just didn't trust God. Right. He wasn't and, listening. And the yeah. fact that Matthew drops this in in twenty six fourteen and through sixteen, right after Judas had an issue, remember with the woman with Mary having this you know in his mind a extravagant you know wasting all this money by pouring this. So obviously he wasn't happy with the way things were going. No, and he didn't like that plan. No. I mean, when Jesus took up for her and was like, she's done a great thing, and wherever the gospel is preached, this will be shared as well. But he didn't like that. Mm. That's what I mean. His He didn't like God's plan. That's right. No. He didn't. It, he it, ended up pretty frustrated when he just slung the 30 pieces of silver. Well, it wasn't frustrated. It actually said he repented. He was re- remorseful. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And so a lot of people think, well, he repented. But he, you know, that's why I always come up with that analogy when people, you know, have suicidal thoughts or respond that. You know, it's coming from a place where you realize that you, you can't do it on your own and you're weak and you're flawed and you're hopeless or you're, and, and there's a lot of truth in that. Because you see him, he repents, but instead of realizing God's grace to that extent... Once again, he goes with his own plan. He, he went, I'm hopeless again. Yep. And even, even I myself, I'm not going to try to figure that out or figure out how God worked that out because I'm trusting God's plan here. That's what happened. I read because people have said, well, what, what happened to, to Judas? I'm like... Well, nothing good based on what I've read. (laughs) And they're like, well, do you think, you know, that God's grace, because they bring up that fact that later on we're going to see that he was buried in the potter's field, which was a place only the potter went. And so it was reserved for foreigners, which is a little ironic because here's what you got, Gentiles and, and people that are not from there. And he's buried there on the day Jesus dies. I mean, right. it, it's just, when the field, it does seem like there's some but reason. But what makes it even there. more, the field was bought with the 30 pieces of silver. We know that. From yeah, because they quote this this passage from Jeremiah or, or Zechariah, which was a fulfillment of Yeah, it was all predicted. I think it was Zechariah 11. You can look at it, talking about the 30 pieces of silver. But, I mean, it does seem ironic that because God's grace can reach everyone. So so there seems to be something there that produces some hope. Because we know how many illustrations in here about God as the potter and oh, yeah. where the clay. And, but, Plus, so but, much has been made from this. I, Josh may remember there was a, some movie I saw where there were like 30 demons and they all carried one of the coins Oh yeah, with them. What was wow. that? Hollywood got a hold to this, and then we'll run with it. And so then you had these, like they were these fall, fallen demons, and they were having to fight it out with somebody. I don't remember the somebody remember the what the movie was, but it was intriguing. It was based on this idea about well, the thirty pieces of silver. Because a lot of people say, well, if Judas hadn't have betrayed him, well, he, you know, that was this is how he died, which saved the world. It's like yeah, but I mean. My point about God's grace is because everyone right after this, everyone 
fell away. I mean, Jesus predicted it in 26 and 31. He told them this very night, you will all fall away on account of me. Yeah. Now the rest of them responded very well after they fell away. But Judas, in my opinion, well, you know what got didn't. me, Jace, was that because I because I kind of compare it to you know because Peter's predicted denial, which let's face it, it's it's a betrayal as well. I mean, it's maybe lesser than what Judas did, but it's still. I mean, you know, it was bad. He denied him three mm-hmm. times, and he told him he would. But the difference in Judas and Peter was that Peter waited three days, yeah, and didn't do anything. If Judas had just waited three days and then saw a resurrected Christ, his whole future may have been changed. I mean, because he had already, he felt bad. He repented. Well, some of the disciples finally. He just didn't trust. They, well, were, they were running from, you know, the tomb they found. They, they went into the tomb. Uh, finally, the other disciple, John and Peter, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Right. All the way to so they I'm saying, the ran in there and looked and said, Good night. He said he was going to die and three days be raised from the dead. They all, they all were thinking, That's, he just did that. That's right. But I think it's a pattern. It, when you don't trust God's plan, which he didn't, and, and for a moment the other disciples didn't either, well, then you have a, a choice to embrace God's grace, and and that is that that was God's idea, not not ours. You think about it. I mean, we even in the garden, they he he's he laid out the plan. Well, it didn't go as planned. So how'd they respond? They lied. That's they, right. They blamed. They, I mean, the same kind of scenario. I mean, but as, as you read. I mean, you don't take that lightly. Every book starts off with God's grace and ends with God's grace. It's there. It, there's always a way out. He's provided in the plan a way to rescue you when you don't trust the plan. Yeah. Yep. So for you to, to not trust the plan, you have to compound that by saying, not only am I not going to trust the plan, I'm not going to seek your grace. Right. As awesome as it is. If you don't trust the plan, that means you don't trust the man. (laughs) That's really what it's saying. It is. Let's take another break. Hey, guys, we like to try to keep you uh, aware of some of the things that uh, we're doing outside of Unashamed. And one of those is uh, we mentioned Phil is going to Substack, which is kind of uh, humorous to me because Substack was started by some uh, writers from The New York Times that got tired of having their stuff censored. And then a lot of other people, conservatives, liberals, it doesn't matter. People that don't want to be canceled are going to Substack. So we want to encourage you guys to check that out at philrobertson.substack.com. If you subscribe, you're going to get notified about things that are on Substack. One of those is the first chapter of Uncancel, which is there right now. If you want to check that out, there may be future ones on there. So uh, check that out, philrobertson.substack.com. Also, wanted to tell you about Talk Shop Live, which we've been talking about. It's the only place where you can get your daily fill to start this new year, which is a hundred day devotional by dad. So the publisher added some more copies. They sold all the other ones out. They have some more. Uh, you can go get them there. You can also have uh, some signed copies available. The link's going to be in the podcast show notes. So check that out. Talk shop live and Substack. 
No, but I, I, I do think this has great application to people today because many times you look at it and you know you're doing something, you're living a certain way, you know that's not God's will for your life. Whether you read it in the scripture, you hear us talking about it, someone you know and trust. And, and you, so you have that pesky uh, uh, that that pesky what what's the the conscience the, the pesky you got the pesky conscience that's right that keeps pestering you and that's you, right. you're wondering why and you know something dad when when Judas goes back and he tries to undo what he did mm-hmm. he's like here take the money back we we don't need to do this because he realizes once he sees him captured over in twenty seven and they they he said I've betrayed innocent blood and they said what's this to us. That's your responsibility. So that shows you right there that evil collaborators never have a joint conscience. They they could have all said, you know what, you're right. That's why everyone's conscience can get them to get on another path. That's exactly right. He he has it open for you. But don't trust. Get on another path. Don't trust evil collaborators because all they're going to do is throw you under the bus. (laughs) And don't quit. Then don't quit. Don't quit. Wait three days. Something great may happen. You know, I mean, that's what my point always is. There may be a resurrection moment coming three days if you just stick with what God's plan is for your life instead of just saying, no, I want to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of marriage stuff, and you know, a couple will be having a lot of problems, and I get it. You know, Marriage is hard, and maybe there's been, somebody's been unfaithful. And they're just like, well, I just don't, I think God wants me to be happy. And so I just, I just think the best thing is for us to split up. And I always tell us, if you just, if you just would not go there and give God a chance, because I promise you it could be really great if you both trusted in the plan. But it's really hard because people want to be to follow their own path. And and when they do, it usually winds up disastrous. Yeah. And I just think it's just a natural it's a it's a natural progression that just kind of goes down into a black hole. I mean, even when we're teenagers, you just tend to wanna run the crowd run with the crowd and do the things they're doing and and not consider God's path for your life. Right. And in marriage is the same way. Once once you make up your mind that, you know, you put your your mate in the or you enter the transfer portal. Yeah. As they say. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> once you're in there, it's impossible That's to it. get them out. Cause then all of a sudden they start losing weight, working out, but cause you're back out on the market. And it's just not, it, you're no longer considering that oath you made in the beginning because the excitement is too great. That it's funny what, you said that because Larry the Cable guy, he tweeted a couple of days ago. He said, well, got bad news. My wife's entered the transfer portal. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And he was just joking, but I mean, it was yeah. like I hadn't thought about it. Yes, I was thinking thinking of that now because it's like ruining college football. No, know? that and like, paying them yeah. is ruining. That's exactly right. Yeah, now it's like because you could just go somewhere else and immediately play. So forget rivalry; none of that matters. Yeah, forget You're, your school. Forget all the you know rah rahs all over. Now it's money. Who's got the biggest paycheck? And let's just let's go play for them. I mean, you know, one of our guys just went to Alabama, which. You know, it was like the from a fan's perspective, yeah. you're just like, I can't believe you did it. But it's just now, it's just the way of the game. It's you know, they're ruining college football. Yeah, it is. But I mean, people just—it's like once you don't, you lose hope. You just think how dangerous that is. And when you read these verses, you're like, well, how do you lose hope when God's grace 
is the beginning and end of all things. Right. It's always there. Well, there's always there's always a path out of this provided right. by God's grace. That's what he did. You know, a verse he read yesterday was Titus 3, 5, God saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. Yep. I mean, it's just a simple statement. But that causes you, what? Because then he goes on to say you were saved through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. Well, yeah, you had a choice in there right. in that process, but you also kept your chin up and said, you know what? God, God's got a, got a way out. As, as bleak as this seems, that's why when you go back and read the Old Testament, some of the stories, all of a sudden, because it seems almost impossible that Abraham would sacrifice his son. Right. But he was just, he was trusting God's plan at a way higher level than we normally do. Yeah. He was like, well, he must can raise the dead. That would have been the last thing I thought. I yeah. thought, well, I don't know about this. <laughs> and, <laughs> okay. you, and you know, Isaac and Sarah were thinking, I don't know well, about Isaac's this. Isaac's looking around. Well, the wife, she's gone. You would think Sarah That's would, would, would be, look, going down to some kind of uh, police force <laughs> or something, saying, my husband's gone crazy. He's, yeah. he's fixed a kill. Jason, That's why Abraham is the father of our faith. Mm-hmm. That's right. And not That's you or point. me. That's right. <laughs> There's a reason <laughs> true he reasoned to the resurrection well we have to remind ourselves and we're talking about this being the end of a year i mean there's a reason that we get excited about making new year's resolutions because we look back and say man my new year's resolution should be to try to keep it longer than a week yep <laughs> Is that, you know, you just get in the habit of getting fired up and saying, you know, this year's going to be different. You last a week and <laughs> no, you go maybe not, you know, because you, like I say, don't, you can't underestimate. You get in a routine and a habit or you're putting out the vibe, whether it's, you know, in marriage or as a teenager or whatever. And that just kind of becomes who you are in your, your daily life. It's, it's hard to upset that apple cart and then say, what is God's plan for me, am I really, am I in tune with his plan? Because you don't want to wake up and be that guy. Right. I mean, Judas gets a bad route, but up until this point, all he was was maybe a little bit pretentious about the money, and uh, maybe maybe some of them didn't like him, but, you know, they had trouble getting along anyway. I mean, we're, yeah. all, we're all humans. Right. And then all of a sudden, you're going to betray the Son of God with a kiss of all things? Yeah, that's what got me. I mean, that's about <laughs> as low as you can go. Yeah, it reminded me of the old mafia. Let's take another break. So Matthew 26, is, you see this sort of preparation mindset for Jesus. He he knows exactly what's coming. And then you get this Judas thing comes in the middle of it. And to your point earlier, days when he gets to the Lord's Supper, it's interesting because there was a lot of significance. One, of course, is he's once again, fulfilling scripture because this is the Passover meal, which means that there was a lamb provided, mm-hmm. you know, for the angel of death to pass over going way all the way back to when they left Egypt back in Exodus. But now he's saying, I am the Passover lamb. So this will be the last true Passover supper is this one. Yeah, because you don't need a lamb anymore. I am the lamb. We found. Well, don't you think it's significant that they had the Lord's Supper here, and he said, "I won't do this again before you know we drink it anew in yeah. my Father's kingdom." But he allowed 
Judas, even though yeah. he said, I know you're going to betray me. And Peter. He, he still washed his feet. And he washed Peter's feet, too. And they still took part of the supper, which is my point, shows you that his grace is for everybody. That's right. I mean, he, he, he knew this was fixed to happen, but he didn't say, you may go now. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't unkind. Right. He didn't give him, you know, a warning and say, you know, Look, in a couple of days, you're gonna your guts are gonna be poured out in a field. Well, and, and again, from John's account of this same night, you know that's when he goes into the foot wash and all that. John says this is the moment where Satan fully entered Judas was in this supper moment, and I've always thought it was because of the guilt. I mean, think about it. he knows what he's done, and here's Jesus down on his knees washing his feet. I mean, of course, you got two ways to go there. You either fall on your face and said, Lord, I, let me tell you what I've done. It's the worst thing ever. Or, You're not going to believe what I'm planning to that's do. That's right. Or but you they just, didn't like the plan. That's right. None of them liked it. But it wasn't even enough, Jace. The grace wasn't enough yeah. to make him change the plan. I think it was enough for the rest of them. I do too. Because they realized, oh, God's plan was that he loved us so much that he actually died for us and and will forgive us as scoundrel as we are. But Judas was like, no. And you remember Peter didn't want him to wash his. He said, no. And he said, no, unless I wash your feet, you have no part of me. And he says, okay, then wash my whole body. He said, no, you don't need a bath. I'm just here to show you that you serve people, you know? But, I mean, Peter was also arguing with the plague because he was like, no, Jesus, you're you're too good to be down on your knees in front of me. I just think it shows the picture. Jesus is right. I think it shows the picture to them. And that's why I think about every Lord's Supper that took place after he left. As many miracles as they saw, one after the other, mm-hmm. you would have thought they wouldn't get down there where comes to push, comes to shove, and say, "That's I don't think he's going to do what he's telling us he's going to do. Right. He's been telling me he's going to go up there to Jerusalem. Yep. I must be killed, be right. raised from the dead. And they were like, whoa, whoa. Peter arguing with him. I mean, they just they just didn't. They said, that's that's too much grace. Right. They said, it sounds too good. And this- you, you want to know one of the most underrated verses in the Bible is that verse 30. It says, when they had sung a hymn. Yeah. They went out to the Mount of Olives. Well, you just think about it. They're all standing around in a circle, singing. I mean, you're singing with the Son of God who is literally fixed to go die for the sins of the world, past, present, and future, and be resurrected to show humans that we're not trapped here. I mean, we're actually a way off the planet. And literally, minutes after this, they went from singing a song in a circle to not trusting the plan of God in betrayal, denial, <laughs> yeah, all the predictions. fear, whatever, greed. You can throw in malice, every kind of bad word you can think of. His disciples, not just the world, his disciples demonstrated in that moment. Makes me think, though, just because you're sitting in, in a building singing a song, that can change about five minutes after you walk out, depending right. on the circumstances. Five seconds. Yeah. Plus, plus, Jace, that last segment there from 36 down to 46, <laughs> when to me is the most gripping human picture of Jesus on earth. 
He's anguished. He knows what he's about to go through. Mm-hmm. He asked the disciples, just just pray for me while I go over here and just I gotta have a conversation with the you know the father. And he comes back and every time they've fallen asleep. Which tells me that they weren't near anguish like he was. You know, it has been like if you were with somebody and you were waiting for him to pass away, and sometimes people are up all night waiting for that to happen. People are around the bed. Nobody goes over and just goes to sleep. I mean, every moment I've been in like that, everybody's like awake and waiting for something to happen. And well, this, yeah, when in a crisis situation, that's what I'm saying. You're, you're going to be, anymore. you're not asleep, you know. But to Jesus, this was the moment. He knew what was about to happen, and he was like, he kept saying to the Almighty, "Look, there's, you know, if I've missed something here, you know, if there's another way." But I trust you. you. Gotta remember, he Acts chapter one. He he stayed after his resurrection forty days on the earth, and it says to convince them he yeah. was alive, right? Because they were still saying until I, you know, Thomas and them, they all said, you know, I I won't believe it until I'm fit. I mean, he was right there. Like I don't know about this. Right. I mean, when I see the marks in his arms and legs, okay, you may get me there. Well, he's went up there to Jesus and said, "My Lord and my God, Jesus, check it, check this out, Thomas. Right, right. You're the one that said that you know you I couldn't pull this off." He showed him the marks, you know. Right. Thomas falls down before him and said, "My Lord and my God, good night." He did do it. You right. did do it. Right. We remember he was going against the official account too. That's when the anguish started to unwind and turn to faith, right? And then in his grace, that's when it began to. They said he he did it. Yeah. Well, that changed everything. Yeah. Yeah. But still, so many people didn't believe it because remember there was a false new fake news story going around that, oh. that with the soldiers. No, it never happened. Yeah. And, and by the way, it's still there today. No, he didn't really die. He swooned. He gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. Right. But he spent 40 days to make sure they got it. But it, it, but what I love about this scene in the garden is it shows me that Jesus knew what he was going to face. He also knew he was going to be raised from the dead. He's been saying it the whole time. Yep. But even if you know you're going to be resurrected, when you face death, especially the death he was going to face, it's hard. Oh. I mean, you know, when you when you know some bad stuff's going to happen to you, when you get that word, you know, you got this, and you're like, man. And they beat on him and just bruised him and beat on him and spit bust, in his face, mocked uh, him. Jamming yes. thorns down on right. him. You know, every way you could. He knew it was going to be terrible. Oh, yeah. But what I love about that is it shows me that even God in flesh, who knows he's going to be resurrected, has to get ready for the moment. Yep. Even when you know. Even when you don't even have the fear of death, yep. it's a moment. You know, it's a moment for human beings well, to face. It's just what's in his heart. I mean, here, you got pretty much the betrayer taking his own life in the same time frame as the creator of the universe allowing his life to be taken. Right. And you're like, oh, they almost did the same thing. No, <laughs> couldn't have been any different. That's right. I mean, you just think how. Yeah. I mean, when you look at the final result, you're like, yeah, they're 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 both dead. So who cares? Uh oh, one of them came back. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I mean, it it just. But I I think that's kind of how shallow we we view things is. It just doesn't seem that significant. Not trusting God's plan or not really focusing on God's grace as the motivator. 
But you know what? It that it it's the difference in how your life responds to that and how it looks after you you tr- when you do think to yourself, you know what? This is horrible. This is terrible. I messed up. She messed up. Whatever. But God's got a plan way bigger than this. I mean, right. and you once you start down that road. You're coming out of it. Yeah. I mean, because God's bringing you out of it. Cause, and then you're like, oh, and He still loves me, no matter what. Even if I am in a potter's field, and yeah. I mean that the one who quit was Judas. Yeah, he quit. And I think that's that's the biggest difference. And Jesus was in. Everybody in, can in be torment. Res- rescued if they would just acknowledge He's who He said He was. Right. He did what He said He's going to do. Yeah. I believe. Yep. Without you, that, you, you'll become a Judas where you, your guts will spill all Well, that's around. why the, the atheistic mind misses it a lot of times because they're like, well, show me the proof, show me the proof. And, you know, you can make pretty clever arguments based on the evidence and the historical accounts and, you know, why did all these disciples give their life in the name of Jesus if, if they knew it was a lie? I mean, you can come up with all these things. But what they're really missing is it's an experience that once you experience it, once you just through faith embrace it and you start studying and reading the very words of God, you, you start experiencing who he was. I, I mean, that's that's how you do it. it. It's not about thinking, oh, if I just if I saw him, you know, then I then I would change my life. You know, it's like once you experience it and you feel what was in his the, heart the the truth the truth the truth it's a hard sale it's a hard sale it is which we're going to get into that when we get into the the rest of his uh his passion all right so we'll uh we'll pick it up here in um chapter 26 uh Next year, we'll pick this, it up next year. Is this a see y'all next year? See y'all next year. Six, uh, see y'all next year. We got ducks to kill here. And <laughs> people do convert. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes, and don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else. Subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.